Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox Meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week we're hearing a recording from back in December from Julia who spoke about healing the divided self. It's a good one. And the weird clinking you hear is the radiators in the church basement. Please enjoy. Thank you, Ingrid. My name is Julia, and I'm an adult child. Um, well, it's it's really good to be here. Sounds like several giants are putting their chairs out or something. Um, so, I I I have a really favorite part right now of the Big Red Book. Um, so I guess I'll just start by reading the passage. Um, I was a little unclear that it's not just the passage, it's a tool, but there is, there is a tool I embedded in the thing. So this is from um, chapter 10, The Importance of Service in ACA. Um, and I'm just going to read a couple of fragments. So this is uh, three, page 356, um, the section, We Learned to Abuse <coughs> Ourselves. <clears throat> it is this sense of self-betrayal and self-abandonment that is the source of rage and despair in ACAs. Adult children live in two realities, attempting to meet the needs of a mature adult while seeing the world from the perspective of a frightened child. Neither aspect of the personality fully comprehends or understands the motives or actions of the other. The adult need for interdependence and self-expression seems to be in direct conflict with the child's need to be dependent and gently controlled. The frustration of being forced to choose between two competing points of view builds into rage as each side of the personality struggles to be heard by the other. Rage turns into despair when we realize the legacy of insanity we inherited from our alcoholic home does not provide for the well-being of either the adult or the child. So that image of like this divided self um, really feels like the heart of um, this dilemma, this fragmentation in a way that I've suffered with my whole life. Um, so this split, this adapted, confident, sort of brassy, um, I guess false self that learned how to be in the world in a way became my mother, became that kind of narcissistic um, dominant force the dominant force that dominated me for a long time, I leveled up to and had that, had this, have this adult self. And that self is sort of like a mask or a shield. Um, 
And no matter how well that part of me does, how much love or how much praise or how much excellence I can achieve as that part of my being, and in, in some ways I've done well, um, the child part or the emotional part um, remained really walled off. Um, in fact, to the, to the extent that when I, when I came into ACA, um, I started feeling things. I was in a bottom, and I didn't even know that I had the feelings that I'd, I'd had my whole life about things in my childhood. And suddenly, this emotional body, in a way, was accessed and sort of unleashed. I had a lot of memory, but I didn't have a lot of emotional memory. And then, now, I have a lot of emotional memory a lot of emotional experience without memory. And it's almost as if I have to realize that these moods and these feelings and this despair and grief and all this sort of like roiling stuff in me is actually, and some of it very painful, that's the stuff that I didn't feel. It's actually memory. And it's the, it's the pain and the sort of shame, the introverting, of the, um, I think, the real feelings that I was having about my parents in childhood. Um, so this, this kind of split um, is the thing that I really relate to in this reading. And um, there's, there's a little thing, too, here where he says, um, this is the, the uh, last sentence in the next little section. We are, we are caught in the trap of being obedient to a system of beliefs and behaviors that is actually the cause of our confusion and pain. Um, so, like, my mother, um, oh, makes me cry to think about it, like, she was, um, really, really discerning in, in the sense of excellence and was absolutely convinced that her points of view about what was good and what was worthy were written in stone, like her aesthetics, her <laughs> ideas about who, what sorts of people were important, um, art and creativity being a sort of paramount value, but not because of the subjective value of art. This is something I'm really getting now. Not that, because of art as a, as a cultural commodity. Like art as something that you can use as a chip in a conversation, um, in who you know. So it wasn't the real value of art which I think is in the making of it, and also in the finding of something that really speaks to me. Like, that was not what the value of art was. But she was so, like, obsessed in a way, and fixated on her ideas of what was good and what was worthy, and who was worthwhile keeping close, and all of this stuff. So what I did was I um, kind of, quite late in life, I mean, the last 15 years or so, parlayed that into my own sort of structural <laughs> replication of that in recovery, where I like privileged certain people's, you know, the way certain people work the 12 steps in another fellowship before I got to AA, and created a sort of family around myself in a certain sense that was in fact, I didn't see it at the time, because the values were different in a way, but the structural um, form was very much the same inner circle, great man. Everyone is either like venerated or venerating me. You know, pedestalizing or being pedestalized. Um, 
top-down relationships, vertical relationships, which is all she knew, all, all she engendered. So this last bit, like being trapped in a system, um, being uh, completely, having full allegiance to a system that actually screwed me. Because like I said in the beginning, the thing about all that top-down stuff, it's like the drama triangle, you know? It's like you're on top, you're on the bottom, you're rescuing, you know, or you're dominating or you're being dominated. Like those are basically the three things. So the, um, the thing about that is that whatever power or success or satisfaction comes out of that, the child, the true self, is not engaged. That part is actually not allowed to play and doesn't, like I said before, get the nourishment and the love and the, the, the real like support of the relationships that, that you know, I am engaging in. Because that part is like masked or sealed off by the aggression um, and the fear, I suppose, of living in that drama triangle or the emotional intoxication. So the, the tool, you know, it's funny, because like this, this bit is so profound to me, this section here, and it, it's quite clinical, but it's you know, yet another excellent map that the book includes. Um, and it's in the importance of service, which is sort of like, well, what's it doing in the importance of service, you know, because it really is a, like a deep map rather than describing a practice. But then what happens is in the next bit, um, they do talk about service and they talk about um, the, the union that is the healing of that divided self. So they make, the, they make two points about that, really. I mean, the first thing is um, sharing our recovery as service. So the, the group, um, fellow traveling, you know, the um, smaller groups, the meeting, bigger groups, one-on-one, um, -on -one, like hanging out. I mean, personally, I found that fellowship in an ACA context has been like the most valuable kind of socializing that I've ever done. Because when like we sit around, even if we're talking about some movie or something, the the framework, the shared paradigm is this. So it's a, this true map that really describes my experience and, and what, I, what I am doing to, to recover. So it's the most like encouraging, nourishing kind of um, space to be hanging out in, to be socializing in, you know, as well as like the meeting itself. So he says, um, or they say, each individual's experience of recovery is an essential piece of the mirror <clears throat> which serves to define, sorry, to redefine our self-image and increases our sense of self-worth. Our combined experience of spiritual transformation provides a complete model and picture for a return to sanity. Um, as we learn to trust the process of recovery in ACA, we gain the confidence to end our emotional isolation and to heal the divided self. Healing the division between the feeling and unfeeling self begins with a willingness to accept our vulnerability and to forgive our self-hate. So, thank you. Um, you know, one thing that's been so important for me here is to really get that 
there's nothing wrong with me. I mean, I'm, I've got this stuff in spades. I'm a poster child. I've soaked in the laundry list, and I have tremendous losses in my life because of this, and tremendous, like, buttons, like put me around an authority figure, like put me in a certain situation and I'll buckle. So on a certain level, yeah, there's still a lot wrong with me. Like I could still be really triggered. But the, the deeper wisdom is that this is all a normal reaction to an abnormal lack of parenting. I mean, that's the thing. It's we all have the same traits because if you grow up with abandonment and neglect, you and I end up with low self-esteem and shame, which is the same as every other adult child. So knowing that and like mirroring that for each other and the transparency, I mean the kind of vulnerability and the kind of stuff that we're talking about here is um, you know, just like so healing um, for, me to, to, for me to start being able to really have my own back stay with myself without further self-shaming. Um, I think my whole life I really thought, I believed deeply and suffered with this like terrible sense of like some personal flaw and was always like masking it. There was always like bravado and you know, ways to escape that feeling. But here, it's like the whole thing has just been reversed. And instead of running away from that stuff and hiding it and being ashamed of the shame, in fact, it's all this identification of like, yeah, I feel this way, you feel this way, and we feel this way because that's actually normal. It's actually human. Um, so this kind of getting on my own side, but I can only do that with other people. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's like how we're set up um, psychologically to sort of mirror one another and only learn, you know, in this kind of doubling, mirroring, um, group situation, like the group is needed for, 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 you know, on any level for me to exist as a human being. So I've got to transform and um, like repattern myself in the group. Um, so that service of sharing is really important. And uh, I don't know, I mean, you know, that's really all I have to say about this officially. I mean, just with my last couple of minutes, you know, this recovery has just been so incredibly important to me. Um, I've been here for three and a half years um, in AA for like decades. I don't even want to say how long, <laughs> like decades and decades. And um, you know, I got an awful lot there. Um, but ironically, in many ways, I was actually living out, thanks Ingrid, I was living out a lot, like I was kind of saying, a lot of the ACA stuff in certain ways was getting played out there. Like, in fact, I'm recovering in some ways from structural relationships that I was engaging in, in the heart of AA. Like the most enthusiastic nexus of AA that I could find and participate in, flag waving, you know, the whole thing. So. I'm just so grateful because that child was completely, completely cordoned off. And like now that I'm here, there's all this emotion. And it's like my emotional terrain has now become my terrain. So I really am becoming whole in this way. And I don't think I could have done it any other way. Like I really don't. I don't think there was any other map or paradigm of therapy or recovery that would work for me. You know, so I'm just so grateful that we're doing this, that we have this book, and that I have the willingness to actually like 
meet myself in all of my sometimes horror, you know, that I have the strength to do that with your sport, with the sport of the program. So anyway, that's what I got. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.